Chapter 4 of Tom Swift and His Wireless Message This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Tom Swift and His Wireless Message by Victor Appleton Mr. Damon Will Go Along At first Tom was greatly frightened at the sight of Andy's pale face. He feared lest the bully might be seriously hurt, but when he realized that the fall from the carriage, which was a low one, was not hard, and that Andy had landed on his outstretched hands before his head came in contact with the earth, our hero was somewhat reassured. "'I wish I had some water with which to bathe his head,' Tom murmured, and he looked about in vain for some. But it was not needed, for a moment later Andy opened his eyes, and when he saw Tom bending over and holding him, the bully exclaimed, "'Here, you let me go. Don't you hit me again, Tom Swift, or I'll punch you.' "'I didn't hit you,' declared Tom, while Andy tore himself away and struggled to his feet. "'Yes, you did, too. Hit me.' "'I did not. You tried to strike me with your whip as I was shoving your carriage out of the way.' which I had a perfect right to do, as you were blockading the highway. You lost your balance and fell. It was your own fault. Well, you'll suffer for it just the same, snarled Andy, and then, putting his hand to his head and bringing it away, with some drops of blood on it, he cried out, Oh, I'm hurt. I'm injured. Get a doctor, or maybe I'll bleed to death, he began blubbering, for Andy, like all bullies, was a coward. "'You're not hurt,' asserted Tom, trying not to laugh. "'It's only a scratch. "'Next time don't try to blockade the whole street, "'and you won't get into trouble. "'Are you able to drive home, "'or shall I take you in my car?' "'I wouldn't ride in your car,' snapped the ugly lad. "'You go on, and mind your business now, "'and I'll pay you back for this some day. "'I could have you arrested.' "'And so could I have you locked up for obstructing traffic, "'but I'll not.' Your rig isn't damaged, and you'd better drive home. The old white horse had not moved, and was evidently glad of the rest. A glance satisfied Tom that the carriage had not been damaged. And getting into his car, while Andy was brushing the dust from his clothes, our hero started the motor. There was now room enough to pass around the obstructing carriage, and soon Tom was humming down the road leaving a much discomfited bully behind him. Tom Swift is too smart, thinking he can run everybody and everything to suit himself, growled Andy, as he finished dusting off his clothes and wiping the blood from his face. As Tom had said, the wound was but a scratch, though the bully's head ached, and he felt a little dizzy. I wish I'd hit him with the horsewhip, he went on vindictively. I'll get square with him some day. Andy had said this many times, but he had never yet succeeded in permanently getting the best of Tom. Pondering on some scheme of revenge, the rich lad, for Mr. Folger's father was quite wealthy, drove on. Meanwhile, Tom, rather wishing the little encounter had not taken place, but refusing to blame himself for what had occurred, was speeding towards home. Let's see, he murmured as he drove along in his powerful car. I've got quite a lot to do, 
if I make an early start for Philadelphia in my airship tomorrow. I want to tighten the propeller on the shaft a trifle and give the engine a good tryout. Then, too, I think I'd better make the landing springs a little stiffer. The last time I made a descent, the frame was pretty well jarred up. Yes, if I make that air trip tomorrow, I have to do some tall hustling when I get home. The electric runabout swung into the yard of the Swift House, and Tom brought it to a stop opposite the side door. He looked about for a sight of his father, Mrs. Baggert, or Garrett Jackson. The only person visible was Eradicate Sampson, working in the garden. "'Hello, Rad,' called Tom. "'Anybody home?' "'Yes, Master Tom,' answered the colored man. "'Your dad and another gentleman has just gone into the house.' "'Who's the other gentleman, Rad?' asked Tom. And the Negro, glad of an excuse to cease weeding the onion bed, came shuffling forward. "'It's the gentleman's that is always saying his prayers,' he answered. "'Saying his prayers?' repeated Tom. "'Yes, you know what I mean, Mr. Tom.' He's always asking a blessing on his shoes or his rubbers or his necktie. Oh, you mean Mr. Wakefield Dammon? Yes, sir, that's who I means. Mr. Wakeful Lemon. That's sure him. At that moment there sounded within the house the voices of Mr. Swift and someone else in conversation. And so Tom has decided to make a run to the Quaker City in the Butterfly tomorrow, Mr. Swift was saying, and he's going to see if he can be of any service to this Mr. Fenwick. Well, bless my watch-chain, exclaimed the other voice. You don't say so. Why, I know Mr. Fenwick very well. He and I used to go to school together. But bless my multiplication tables, I never thought he'd amount to anything. And so he's built an airship, and Tom is going to help him with it. Why, bless my collar button, I've got a good notion to go along and see what happens. Bless my very existence, but I think I will. "'That's Mr. Damon, all right,' observed Tom, with a smile, as he advanced toward the dining-room, whence the voices proceeded. "'That's what I'd untold you,' said Eradicate, and with slow and lagging steps he went back to weed the onion-bed. "'How are you, Mr. Damon?' called our hero, as he mounted the steps of the porch. "'Why, it's Tom. He's back,' exclaimed the eccentric man. "'Why, bless my shoelaces, Tom, how are you?' I'm real glad to see you. Bless my eyeglasses, but I am. I just returned from a little western trip, and I thought I'd run over and see how you are. I came in my car, had two blowouts on the way, too. Bless my spark plug, but the kind of tires one gets nowadays are a disgrace. However, I'm here, and your father has just told me about you going to Philadelphia in your monoplane to help a fellow inventor with his airship. It's real kind of you. Bless my topknot if it isn't. Do you know what I was just saying? I heard you mention that you knew Mr. Fenwick, replied Tom with a smile, as he shook hands with Mr. Damon. So I do, and what's more, I'd like to see his airship. Will your butterfly carry two passengers? Easily, Mr. Damon. Then I'll tell you what I'm going to do. If you let me, I'll take that run to Philadelphia with you. "'Glad to have you come along,' responded Tom heartily. "'Then I'll go, and what's more, if Fenwick's ship will rise, I'll go with you in that. Bless my deflection rudder if I don't, Tom.' And puffing out his cheeks, 
as he exploded these words, Mr. Damon fairly raised himself on his tiptoes and shook Tom's hand again. End of Chapter 4 Recording by Richard Kilmer Real Medina, Texas